Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach at Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And welcome to our continuation of our conversation on movement. Last time, we talked about a couple of important topics. Number one, we talked about how humans evolved over time to have three characteristics that make us distinctly human and also allow us to move more effectively, more efficiently, and cool ourselves off. Number one was being able to walk on two legs or being a biped. Being able to walk on two legs allowed us to do a lot from seeing over trees to being able to walk over long distances. Number two, being upright, which allowed us to have straight legs, which allowed us to extend our knee and hip allowing our legs to act as springs. And then number three was cooling off, being able to sweat, breathing through a protruding nose. Those things allow us to cool off more effectively so that we can move over a longer distance, not have to stop like most animals have to do once they get hot and uh, need to cool themselves off through panting or whichever way they cool themselves off. So, Coming off of those things, in our society today, we don't have lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, to keep us on the move. We are not uh, existentially threatened by the lack of food, if you will, because we have food literally everywhere. There is not, probably, not a human being, at least in North America, that will starve because of lack of food. We have food everywhere. I say probably, I want to be sure about that. Um, but it's, it's unlikely that that's going to happen because we have food, we have food everywhere in most parts of the world. Not every part of the world, starvation is a very real thing in many parts of the world, I recognize that. But for most of society, like food is everywhere. It is unlikely that we are going to have any serious issues due, due to lack of food. We, do, we don't have to hunt. We don't have to gather. We are not internally driven to go find food for any reason. Therefore, our motivation to move, we talked about mo motivation previously, but our motivation to move, um, our instinctual motivation to move has been essentially eliminated. So we have to find ways to make ourselves move. Now we talked about showing up in I believe our last series and how showing up is very important, um, creating habits, making that a regular part of your routine, like all those things, very important for you to do. Today, we're going to talk about the three types of movements that we need to build in to our lives. Um, one of them, we most of us focus a lot of our energy on. The rest of them, I think, are well overlooked and can help improve our health significantly if we start to focus on those as well. So, uh, number one, we have exercise. Exercise is movement for the purpose of improving health, optimizing fitness, or increasing performance. It is something we're doing purposefully to have an outcome, whether that be to feel better, lower cholesterol, get faster, get stronger, whatever it is. It's something we're doing for some sort of purpose. We're trying to achieve an outcome, so we're going to do this thing for some amount of time. Generally, it's a high-stress activity. It doesn't have to be, 
but it's a high physical stress activity and requires some sort of recovery. Um, exercise, very important, of course. This is where most people focus their energy when it comes to getting movement into their life. It's a great place to start. Definitely something that we should focus on. But as we're going to see in this episode, yes, in this episode, um, it, it's only part of the puzzle as far as energy expenditure, as far as our movement capabilities go, it's only part of the puzzle. Um, number two, we have NEAT movements. NEAT stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. So as the name assumes, this is exercise that is, exercise, excuse me, this is movement that is non-exercise in nature. In other words, we're not doing it for any particular purpose as far as achieving an outcome. We're not doing it to improve performance or anything like that. Um, thermogenesis simply means uh, to burn energy or create energy. So neat movement is typically done throughout the day. It is literally just movement that you are just, you're doing throughout the day, either unconsciously or inadvertently that you don't necessarily are, you're not really paying attention to. So it can be something as broad as like you picking up the hamper to bring it to the laundry room and putting the laundry into the washer uh, and something more refined, like me sitting here, tapping my finger on the table. Okay. I don't know that everybody would define neat that way. I think some researchers and scientists in particular define neat more specifically to like something you literally like tapping your finger on a table or like twitches, not twitches in particular, but like twitching and moving like in that sense. Um, but we're going to define it pretty broadly and we're going to say like things like cutting the grass, things like doing laundry, like all of those things are neat activities and like all the way down to like tapping your foot on the ground, also a neat activity. Uh, now this category, as we'll see in a little bit, is where we easily overlook the potential. We overlook the, the importance of every movement, why movement matters. Movement matters because every movement counts and our bodies are meant to move. So this category in particular is where it has shrunk the most and where we can have the greatest impact with not as much effort as you may think, which we'll see in a little bit. Finally, we have play. Play is movement done for recreation, amusement, or relaxation. Play is something that we think about kids doing primarily, but play is something that everybody should do, whether you're a kid, whether you're 30, whether you're 50, whether you're 100. You should figure out a way to incorporate play into your life. And by play, I don't necessarily mean going out and playing hopscotch with your neighbors, although it can be that if you want it to be that. No judgment at all. Um, play can be a number of different things when I talk about play. It's not necessarily exercise, although it can be in a sense. Um, and it's not necessarily neat, although it kind of can be in a sense. But play is a different thing. It's something that helps relax you. It's something that um, it's done for your own amusement. It's something that you enjoy. Exercise you should enjoy most of the time. Need activities you should enjoy probably most of the time as well. But this is a different kind of mindset as far as when it comes to enjoying it.
So why is it important to focus on these three types of movement and not just one or the other, not just exercise, not just neat, not just play. So first is physical adaptation. When you exercise, what you're trying to do is get an adaptation. No matter what type of exercise you're doing, no matter who you are, you're trying to get some sort of adaptation, which simply means that you're trying to improve something physically, be that your muscle size, your, the amount of fat on your body, how much mobility you have in your shoulder. You're trying to achieve some sort of physical outcome. This is, this is what we call adaptation. It's, an, it's something we're going after. It's a change we're trying to accomplish. When it comes to movement in our lives, in our physical bodies, essentially, this isn't, this isn't a direct way to look at it, but it is a great way to look at it. If you don't use it, you lose it. I said this in the last episode as well. So when it comes to your muscle strength and power, for instance, your body's natural tendency is to reduce your muscle strength and power after the age of like 20 or 25. That's your body's natural tendency and it will decline over time. At a certain point, it speeds up. I forget exactly what that age is. I think maybe 50, 55, 60, something in that range. It speeds up. But when you don't move, when you are sedentary and you have no reason to have power and strength in your body, your body takes it away from you. So then your ability to produce power and strength is significantly reduced. That's part of the reason why if you're in your 40s or 50s and you've spent a lot of time being sedentary due to job, work, family, or whatever, um, and then you go to like try and help your kid move or to help a neighbor move, like it's challenging and you maybe potentially end up hurting yourself because your body's just not physically prepared for it because it's lost a lot of those abilities. So physical adaptation is very important and very real. And when it comes to exercise, neat and play, your body will physically adapt based on how often you do those things. When it comes to need, especially that's going to take up the bulk of your day. If the bulk of your day is done sitting and you exercise for a short 30 or 60 minute stint, in a 24 hour period, and you do that only three days a week, that's not a lot of time spent moving if that's your main focus point. That's why building that in throughout the day is going to be important so that you get physical adaptations of wanting to move and moving regularly. Uh, number two, hormonal balance. Hormonal regulation is very important for longevity and health when you don't move regularly and you don't stress physically stress your body regularly hormono hormono hormonal dysregulation is a very real thing um, your body doesn't release sort, certain hormones as effectively and as regularly your hormone regulation is can be thrown off uh, because you're just not physically challenging your body uh, mentally we have a lot of stress mental stress which is something that we'll talk about in the future. And if you're not relieving that mental stress in a physical way, it's going to have hormonal consequences to be sure, but it's not what we want. 
What we want is good hormonal regulation. And when we don't challenge our bodies regularly through movement, both intense, moderate, and light, then our bodies, our hormones become dysregulated and we have a whole host of issues that can happen. So very important for that, um, for those purposes. Uh, finally is energy expenditure. So a lot of us exercise because we are trying to burn more calories, which is one way to burn more calories, of course. Um, but energy expenditure is a very interesting topic, one that we won't super dive into right now, but we're going to talk about at least surface level energy expenditure. So there are basically three ways in which you expend energy in a day's time. Number one, the most abundant is your basal metabolic rate. You can also think of this as your resting metabolic rate, although technically they're not the same thing, but we're not going to be that technical. Um, so your resting metabolic rate is literally the calories, the energy you burn at rest. If you were to just do nothing, just the energy that it takes your body to run, if you will, to live your day. That makes up somewhere in the park of like ballpark of like 60% of your daily calories your daily energy expenditure. Uh, number two is the thermic effect of food. This is the energy that you expend by digesting food. This is about 10% of your daily energy expenditure. And then number three is activity thermogenesis, if you will, or the energy that you expend through daily activity. So within daily activity, then you can break it down into the movement categories. For our purposes, we're just going to do, we're just going to talk briefly about exercise and NEAT because play can kind of be put in the exercise category. When it comes to movement energy expenditure, if you will, like I said, you have exercise and NEAT. If you look at this from a strictly a calorie standpoint, let's say you actually exercise every day, which most people don't. And let's say during that time frame, you expend over an hour's time, 300 calories of energy. If you, during a 24 hour time frame, you will expend up to potentially 2000, 2500 calories due to other kinds of activity, depending on how active you're trying to be or how active you are. Even if you're mildly active or you have low activity, you could still potentially expend 800 to 1,000 calories, getting up and moving around, grabbing things from the fridge, doing laundry, all of that. If you look at that relative to the 300 calories that you spent doing exercise, now, what no, we're not talking about, which is also important, is what happens after exercise. Your energy expenditure is still high depending on what kind of exercise you're doing. All of that is very important as well, but we're looking at it just basically from a exercise versus NEAT standpoint. Exercise is going to be three to 500, like 500 calories in a workout is very, it's, that's pretty high. Um, so 300, 400 calories, whatever that looks like, potentially 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 calories in the NEAT category. So what we're missing something here. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about 
the big bucket that we're overlooking that is that is easily may not be the right way to put it, but simply improved, simply improved. Exercise is important. That's how we make money here at Thrive. So me sitting here telling you that exercise is not important would be dumb. So I'm not telling you that. Definitely something you need to do because your body needs to be physically stressed and you should be strong and you should be mobile. All those things are very important. What we're overlooking. My point is what we are not looking at that is right in front of our face and that is neat. That is the movement that we do throughout the day or lack thereof. So those are, those are three reasons why we should be focusing on different kinds of movement and not just one in particular. Okay, those aren't the only reasons, but those are three important buckets to look at physical adaptation, uh, hormonal balance and energy expenditure. So now we can start to look at each movement category and say, okay, what can we do to improve them? This is going to be down to the nuts and bolts of what what does it look like to get exercise? What does it look like to get more neat? What does it look like to get more play? I'm going to take a quick drink of my out of my Thrivology mug as a shameless plug to Thrivology. There we go. I'm going to hold that there just for three more seconds. Okay. All right. Got it. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Uh, so neat. I'm sorry, exercise. <laughs> Let's start with that, shall we? Um, what does it look like to optimize your exercise? Now understand, this isn't going to be a debate about like, what's the best kind of exercise and this, that, and the other thing. We'll talk about that in the future. Um, this is going to be about what, how much exercise should we get? And what does that even look like? So if you look at the World Health Organization's recommendations on exercise, which is a good place to start, they would tell us that we need to get between 150 to 300 minutes of moderate exercise or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise. They also tell us that we need to weight train at least two days a week. So 150 to 300 minutes of moderate exercise and 75 to or or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous exercise. So what does that even mean, moderate and vigorous? Well, what they're talking about, not definitively, but what they're talking about when they're talking about moderate to vigorous is they're talking about METS, which stands for metabolic equivalent. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it in the form of what we're going to call rate of perceived effort in weight training. RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. But with our exercise intensity, we're going to talk about rate of perceived effort. So it's a scale of zero to 10. And on that scale, you can understand your intensity for a given type of exercise. So if zero means no intensity, like me sitting here, it's probably not a zero because I'm moving my hands a little bit. But if you're sitting still, you're a zero because it's not very intense. And if you're going as hard as you can and you can't go any harder and you're running as fast as you can or you're lifting as fast as you can or as hard as you can, then you're at a 10. So in between that is everything else. So moderate intensity might be between, say, three or four, something to that effect. That might feel like a, a walk, a brisk walk maybe a simple bike ride, 
something along those lines, something not super crazy, you know, super out there. Whereas vigorous exercise defined here by the World Health Organization and other organizations, when they say vigorous exercise, it's not like high intensity CrossFit. That is like beyond vigorous exercise in this context. Vigorous exercise is really when your intensity is at like a, we'll call it like a five or a six, maybe to a seven, maybe to a seven on that RPE scale. So that's like a brisk walk, a fast walk, or maybe a hike with some hills, maybe a faster bike ride where you're trying to push yourself a little harder. So it's something more intense than like a slow jaunt and just like pedaling around, but not like going out and running as hard as you can um, or even running really in general. It's intense enough to get your heart rate moving, but not like to feel like you're putting in tons of effort. So vigorous exercise isn't this like super high intense thing. Not to say that you shouldn't do super high intense things, which is why we're going to actually add another level here. What we're missing within that realm, so 150 to 300 minutes of moderate exercise or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous exercise, two days a week of resistance training, what we're missing is intense exercise. And it is important that we get intense exercise for a number of reasons. We talked about hormonal balance. When you do very intense things, your body releases different kinds of hormones. And it's important for your body to do that from time to time, not regularly to be sure, but from time to time. So what we also want is high intensity exercise. And we want at least 15 to 30 minutes of that per week, 15 to 30 minutes per week. Okay. High intensity is anything from like maybe a seven and higher or eight and higher, eight, nine, and 10. That's high intensity exercise where you're really pushing yourself. You're pushing yourself pretty hard. Um, so we, I just threw out a bunch of numbers. What does that look like? What does all of that even mean? So think of this as breaking this apart so that you're doing something every day. If it's important, you should do it every day. We talked about creating habits. We talked about the importance of showing up and how having it, something in your schedule regularly is how you create that ability to show up regularly. So instead of thinking, first of all, either or when it comes to moderate or vigorous, it's important to think about it more as and because we should test ourselves at different levels of physical exertion regularly, or we should train ourselves at different level of exertion regularly. So we'll take the minimums of what we talked about. 150 minutes of moderate activity, 75 minutes of vigorous activity, 15 minutes of high intensity activity, and then we'll take those two days of resistance training. The cool thing here is that we can take that two days of resistance training and we can pretty much build that moderate and high intensity activity into that. We can basically make those two days our moderate and vigorous activity. Whereas that low intensity or I'm sorry, I'm 
we can basically make that weight training our vigorous and high intensity activity, whereas that moderate activity will be a different kind of thing. So if we take those numbers and we start to look at it over the course of seven days, let's say we want to do something every day based off of those numbers. Let's say we want to do five days of moderate, I'm sorry, yes, moderate intensity exercise. And let's say those other two days, we're going to do weight training and we're going to count those as our vigorous and high intensity types of exercise as well. So we have 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. If we divide that by five, because we want to do that five days a week, then we have 30 minutes. So that's 30 minutes a day of moderate intensity exercise. That can be walking, that can be biking, that can be lightly hiking. Okay, that's 30 minutes a day of one of those kinds of things. You can do it first thing in the morning, at lunch, at, at night, whatever time. The important thing is what we're trying to do is do all of these at the same time every day or at least have some sort of structure. So on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to do it at this time. On Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to do it on this time. At the weekends, we're going to do it first thing in the morning, whatever that looks like. You want it to be as consistent as possible so that you build it into your schedule. So moderate intensity exercise 30 minutes a day to fulfill that 150 minutes. Then we have 75 minutes of vigorous exercise and 15 minutes of high intensity exercise. If we put those together and divide by two, then we have 45 minutes, two days a week of vigorous and high intensity exercise. Since we're making that our weight training days, we can plug that in right there. We make our weight training session about 45 minutes long. We make sure that at some point we work hard enough to get to an RPE of eight, nine, or 10 during those sessions for five to seven minutes at a time so that we can be building in that high intensity work as well. Okay. So every day we have something to do, whether that's going for a walk, going for a hike, riding your bike. That's our moderate intensity. We're doing that five days a week. We're doing that for 30 minutes at a time. And then two days a week, we're doing weight training, which is going to count as our vigorous exercise and our high intensity exercise. That's going to be about 45 minutes long. And we need to make sure that we push ourselves so that we're getting our heart rate up and we're reaching those higher peaks of intensity. Okay. So like I said, that's not a topic or that's not a conversation on what types of exercise to do. It's just what does it look like to fulfill recommendations of exercise, if you will. And those are decent recommendations from the World Health Organization and something definitely worth considering. The important thing is finding a consistent time to do it. Like I said, if it is important to you, you should do it every day. And that's an easy way to lay out exercising every day, even if exercising is just a 30 minute walk. Next, we have neat movement, non-exercise activity, thermogenesis. Remember, neat makes up the bulk of our movement. It makes up what we do outside of basically exercise. So it's, we have a lot of time to incorporate neat. And now I'm not going to go tell you that you need to be doing neat 
every minute of every day because rest is definitely an important thing that we need and we have to have in order to recuperate and recover and all that. So there are two, what we like to call here is um, to, to help improve NEAT is called movement practice, building a movement practice. And there are, I'm sure, a bunch of options, but there are two options that we talk about regularly. Option one, number one is creating movement intervals. Option number two is having movement outcomes. So with movement intervals, what you're doing is setting some sort of time frame to get up and you're getting up at that time frame throughout the day. So for instance, maybe it's 30 minutes for you and every 30 minutes you set a timer and when that timer goes off, you get up and you move for three to five minutes. No matter what that looks like, maybe it's going outside, maybe it's just getting up and walking around your desk for three to five minutes, maybe it's walking to the water cooler, maybe it's doing whatever, going and talking to somebody, but every 30 minutes getting up and just getting up and moving. Movement outcomes or having movement outcomes creates a little bit of an interesting uh, spin, if you will. Uh, one of the movement outcomes that a lot of us have is 10,000 steps a day. So that's an outcome that you're trying to achieve with the movement, with steps, if you will. There are lots of potential outcomes that you could shoot for. So movement outcomes is just choosing some sort of movement or exercise or something and choosing a total of that thing that you want to achieve. You could choose squats. Maybe I want to do 100 squats a day. And every so often I do some and then I just accumulate them over time. Maybe it's kettlebell swings. Maybe it's planks. Maybe it's jumping jacks. Uh, like I said, maybe it's steps. Maybe it's miles. Maybe it's literally stairs, whatever. But you choose an outcome that you want to achieve by the end of the day. And that's the outcome that I'm after. Now, of course, you can combine these two things. You can have an outcome that you're trying to achieve. And during your intervals, you're pursuing that outcome. So if your outcome is you want to do 100 push-ups at every 30-minute interval, you get up and you do 10 push-ups. And eventually, you'll achieve that 100 push-ups. Okay? So what this is doing is building movement into your day. And this is where you can make up a ton, a ton, a ton of um, not only energy expenditure, but also physical adaptation. Your body will be happy that you're up and moving. Your body will release endorphins to help you feel better and all kinds of things. Okay? So really focus on that. Lastly is learning to play again. So a couple of things you can do to learn to play again. Some basic ones. Getting into nature. We just don't do that often enough getting outside, going for a hike, just getting into nature in general, climbing a tree. When's the last time you tried to climb a tree? Anything that allows you to get out, not around your house, not in your backyard, but actually surrounded by just nature. Number two, maybe adopting a sport. Maybe you've wanted to start picking up basketball again or what other going out and playing soccer or tennis or racquetball or pickleball or whatever, adopting some sort of sport. And then number three is just trying something new. Trying something new is a form of play because something new is challenging your body if it's a physical kind of thing, but figuring out some new activity that you can go do. So those are just a couple of basic ways that you can do that, but getting into nature is going to be good not only for 
your physical movement, but for your mental health as well. Adopting a sport is going to not only help with your physical movement, but also help with your community building and your socialization because odds are you're going to be with other people. And then trying something new, again, not just your movement, but also your mental well-being because it's going to help create new neural connections, which we've talked about in the past. This play is something you want to do at least one time a week, and that will at least one time a week to kind of give you that relaxation and that amusement um, and that funness in your life again. Okay, so we just covered a lot. Let's do a quick review because I know we're going well over our normal time. Jana is shaking her fist at me very vigorously right now, getting her vigorous movement in. She's not really, I mean, if you know Jana, she's not angry at me. I'm sure she's angry at me internally to some degree. Um, let's see. So we talked about what exercise, neat, and play are. The three types of movements. We talked about the, why they're important. It's important from a physical adaptation standpoint, from a hormonal balance standpoint, and from an energy expenditure standpoint. Um, how to optimize your exercise we laid that out. I'm not going to do that again. How to get more neat into your life through movement practices and then how to get more play into your day. Uh, week, technically. Okay, questions. Um, when is now a good time to start incorporating resistance training into your life? When is now a good time to start in incorporating resistance training? You like how I did that? <laughs> I gave you the answer in the question. Um, resistance training is so important. Literally everybody should do it. doesn't matter if you're a yogi, a runner, anything like that. Very important. Just very important. We'll talk more about resistance training in the future. Um, what movement practice will I employ starting tomorrow? Um, or preferably today, what movement practice are you going to incorporate? You're going to go after intervals. You're going to go after outcomes. You're going to do a little bit of both. Last, what are five possible new things I can try in the next week? And then get it on the calendar. Give yourself a list, come up with some ideas, pick one, put it on the calendar and do it. Because if you don't put it on the calendar, not going to get done. So that's everything that I have for this episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you share with your friends so they can get the good news too. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success and health and fitness mastery.